But of course, if you've got 70% of the population that's been trained and programmed to believe that they can just go and do anything just from the sheer force of their will, they will constantly find that it doesn't work. And then they can feel like there's something wrong with them. They're lacking in some way. And it isn't. And it doesn't mean that a generator can't go out there and really be anything they feel inspired to be, but they have to do it with the right strategy. Way. Yeah. I'm Sarah Tobin, and welcome to the Tapping Into podcast, the place to explore a whole host of different, natural, alternative, and spiritual ways to change your life. My goal is to support you on your healing journey, whether you're planning to become a mother or already have children. Motherhood can often leave us feeling like we don't know who we are anymore. And this is the space to explore how rock bottoms and different modalities can often lead to the greatest joys. So get ready to come on a journey with me and enjoy. Welcome to episode three. Today we talk to Kay Ash Lee all about human design. Have you heard about human design? This might be new to you. This certainly was new to me about two years ago. And Kay was part of a tapping circle that I joined, I think January 2018. And we met monthly. There was, I think, about eight of us ladies all around the world tapping away together. And Kay decided to do a human design reading for each of us, a mini reading. I was absolutely floored and knew that I needed to learn more about it and I knew I had to bring it to this podcast. So I've been waiting to get Kay on to this podcast for a couple of years and it's worth it. It's a long chat. She talks how human design found her through her son, an amazing story actually. And then we dive into kind of what human design is, how it supports children in particular who are parented in a way that supports their human design, their own natural strategy and natural design. So it really is a very supportive knowledge and understanding about who you are. And then the tricky part, I guess, is to live by your design. And that's something I've not really tuned into properly yet and something I definitely want to learn more about. Kay has been doing this for 18 years. She is a seasoned tapper She's also a hairdresser and has multiple strings to her bow. So I actually also have a confession to make. A couple of months ago, maybe even a year ago, Kay did a reading for me and the boys. And something she told me on that day was, don't put the boys in the same room. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And she explained why she said um, Casper needs to go to sleep when he is absolutely shattered. He'll suddenly switch his mind off and he'll decide he wants to go to sleep and he'll turn over and go to sleep, which is very true. And then Josh likes to wind down just like I do. Go to bed a little bit earlier, take some time to chill out, wind down, listen to a story, and then he'll fall asleep in his own time, which is what he did. So obviously not taking that advice to its fullest importance, we decided to put the boys into a bunk bed in the same room. And after four weeks of persevering and very stressful bedtimes, we agreed it was not meant to be. And we reverted. We put the boys back into their own bedrooms. Their energies were not compatible to sharing a room. And Kay had told me that, but I really wanted these bunk beds to work. And so we kind of pushed ahead anyway. So I just wanted to share that with you. Some of what you learn about yourself or your kids may not seem that, you know, important or relevant until one day it really is relevant and you will have had the information all along. So I just thought I would add that little bit extra in. You can find out more about Kay by visiting her website, Lee. K-A-Y-A-S-H-L-E-E.com or follow her on Instagram, K underscore Freedom Tappers or find her on Facebook too. I'll put everything in the show notes so you can find out what your human chart design type is 
Uh, there's a website. You just put in your date of birth and the time you were born and your place. And then you'll be able to find out your own chart as well. Really hope you enjoy this chat. Hi, Kay. Thank you so much for coming on to the Tapping Into podcast today. I have known you since January 2019 and we came together kind of randomly, didn't we? We joined a tapping collective and we were put in a group and then we met every month and tapped. And honestly, that was the foundation of me creating my own soul circles, my own tapping groups. I got to practice with you guys on loads of different things that I was working on. And we supported each other for a good year and a half, actually. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it was. I hadn't realised it was so long ago. <laughs> I don't know where the years are going. But it's lovely to come on and connect with you again. It's been a little while since we've got together. I know. But that circle was amazing because it was put together kind of randomly. But each of us brought something really quite special to that group. And I just remember how I really wasn't surprised when I read your human design. It it was so you. (laughs) I say, Sarah, how are you doing all this stuff? <laughs> so yes, it was it was amazing. It would be really lovely to share all the human design with you today. Oh, because one of those sessions you did human design with us, and I don't think really it had been in my vision until you talked about it. It was something very new to me. Yes, astrology I'd kind of dipped in and out of and stuff, but not human design. And you did that session with us, and you did a mini reading, I suppose, for each of us on our charts. And I was just blown away. And then subsequently, we had a catch-up call. You went deeper into my chart. We talked about Josh and Casper and how we all work together. Um, And I just knew I had to get you on this podcast to talk about human design because it is fascinating, fascinating. So tell me how you discovered this tool or this way of living. Well, Again, kind of by accident, I wasn't looking for it. It was about 18 years ago. And again, I had worked it out earlier and I couldn't believe how long it had been. But it was actually my son that found it. And at the time he was about eight and he's now 26. So do the maths. I might have the maths slightly wrong there. But what happened was I was at the beginning of my training with Reiki and I became very interested in the energy system and, and how the energy system worked. And I was really curious about the photography they do for, I think it's called Kyrian photography, where they they assign um, different colours to to your aura, to to the different magnetic frequencies in your aura. And I was just curious about that. So as a day out one day, I took my son along to like these mind, body, spirit, holistic kind of fairs because they had this photography there. And so when we got there, sadly, the, or as fortune would have it, the photography equipment was broken that day. So my son being the kind of <laughs> lad that he was, was very canny. And he had said to me, oh, when we do it, can I do it? And I said, yeah, of course. I only want to see how it works. You you have the photograph taken. Of course, when he realised that this was going to, he said to the lady, how much does this cost? And she said, it's 15 pounds. And he was like, oh, we can't do it. So then he had it in his head that we had 15 pounds to burn. <laughs> so I was prepared to spend 15 pounds and so he danced off around the around the fair and he said, Mummy, come and see this. So I've got to fuck my phone today. And what it was, this lady had her laptop open and it was she had the human design body graph up. And he said, Whoa, what's this? So he got chatting to her and she was doing mini readings for sort of 10 minutes each. And it was 15 pounds. And so he said, oh, can I have this? I was like, oh, all right then. And it was astonishing because she did his chart just briefly. And she said to me, I bet you find it hard to get him to sleep at night, don't you? I bet he doesn't like getting into bed. And I'm like, no, he really doesn't. And she said, and that's how it should be for him. She said, he's not good at going to bed early. Don't try and get him into bed before he's tired. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this child's not going to go to bed till midnight. (laughs) He's going to be exhausted. And she said, no, he won't be. She said, this is his type. His type is he's got lots and lots of energy. And actually, it will be so not him to have these early nights and snuggle up and all the rest of it. And actually, it will be better if you let him go to sleep when he's tired. It's like crumbs. And then she told him about his gut instinct. She told him that he had a, a very strong gut instinct and she taught him how to use it. I thought, well, actually, I need to understand mine then because some of that doesn't resonate for me at all. So I had mine done. So he always would get very quickly bored. And we're in a quite safe environment. So he was just sort of looking off around. And he came back a minute later and he said, oh, Mummy, he said, 
my gut has told me that if I buy one more raffle ticket, I could win that big bunny I saw on the way in. And on the way in to this fair, you paid a pound to go in and you got a raffle ticket for your pound. And Ryan had looked and there were all these prizes and there was this big fluffy bunny. And he went, oh, I'd love to win that. <laughs> and uh, so I said, oh, all right then. So because I looked at the woman as if, oh, what have you done? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've not given him a golden ticket <laughs> to ask me for anything he wants. And she just shrugged and she went, well, that is how it works. And I said, OK. So I gave him a pound and off he danced. Ten minutes later, they called the raffle and first ticket out was Ryan's. And so he just went, yep. <laughs> and he, he went up to the guy who was doing the raffle and he went, can I have the bunny? He said, yes. And so then the guy said, hang on a minute, we've got to stop everything now and just tell every." I said, I must need everyone to know what's just happened here. He said, this little lad has just come up to me 10 minutes ago and said, my guts told me that if I could buy one more ticket from you, I could win that bunny. Can I have one more ticket? I've got a pound. Oh. <laughs> and he said, oh, and it was that ticket that came out first. <laughs> I've just got shivers. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. Yeah. And he has he has such a gut instinct that he still uses now. As 26-year-old man, he poo-poos a lot of the things I do. He doesn't really, he goes, oh yeah, you and your stuff, mum. But he still uses it. And I, interestingly, because I understand his chart and his type, I can use it too. So I can ask him questions and just listen to his sounds as to how he answers me. And, and whatever his head is saying, so he could say to me, yeah, or no. <laughs> so yes, with a down sound is actually no. <laughs> Okay. And I know with an up sound, it's actually yes. Oh. So when you understand how people work, what they're obviously we don't go around the world knowing what everyone's chart is, but the people we do know who their how their chart is and how they operate, it can be very interesting because our head always wants to be in charge. Most of us actually have some type of pressure to think, to know things, to think our way out of things. And actually, if that isn't who we are, if that actually isn't part of our chart, we may be much more, our chart may be much more about feeling the right thing, mm. or it could be a guttural sound, or it could be an innate intuition, that small voice that speaks once and doesn't nag. And we need to know what we are in order to be able to use this, which is what they call our inner authority in human design. Wow. Okay. So you had that experience, which was obviously mind blowing and kind of you saw him and I suppose in a different w way and perhaps parented in a different way. How did you get to then decide to train in it? I then had a reading. So I found another lady that was, she was, in fact, this lady recommended this other lady to do a reading. I don't, I'm not quite remember why, <laughs> but I had a reading with another lady and I was really blown away by it and became absolutely fascinated and so from there, I did all the trainings they kind of had back then. So this was like 18 years ago. I mean, it was quite new. It's actually only been on the planet for like 30 years. So it was still very new. And so I did a lot of training and then just really practiced living my design. And that is the whole point of human design. It has to become more than head knowledge. We have to learn how to actually live as per our design and our strategy. And what they say is it takes like seven years so the guy that kind of first brought this into the world, he talks about it as a big experiment, that really we experiment with our type, we work out what works, how it works for us. And it really takes seven years of really, he calls it deconditioning. So when I do a reading for an adult, it's all about helping them to decondition from the way the world has expected them to be. Mm. And the world is pretty much set up for us all to be manifestors. It's set it up for us all to be go get it. You can just do it. Just go make it happen. And actually, that's only 9% of the population. The vast majority of the population are generators, which interesting is what my son is. Now, they are here. They're the ones with the life force and the energy. They have lots of energy and they're here to, to be doers, to put things into practice. But of course, if you've got 70% of the population that's been trained and programmed to believe that they can just go and do anything just from the sheer force of their will, <laughs> they will constantly find that it doesn't work. And then they can feel like there's something wrong with them. They're lacking in some way. And it isn't. And it doesn't mean that a generator can't go out there 
and really be anything they feel inspired to be, but they have to do it with the right strategy. In a different way. Yeah. 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 And I presume it would lead to burnout then, trying to be something you're not. Yeah, well, it's very interesting because it can be very disencouraging. So a lot of generations will tend to give up on their dreams because they have their dreams and it doesn't work. And all it's meant is they haven't come up at it and they're right. So a generator is here to respond to something. And so a generator's the way they need to operate in the world is they might have a great inspiration and it could be right, but they just have to wait. And sometimes it's it's waiting for a short amount of time. Sometimes it's for a longer period of time. But when they have that thing that they can respond to, it could be somebody saying, what we really need is this, or would you like to so-and-so? Then they have something to respond to. And then they can follow their inner authority, depending on what that is, as to what their response to that is going to be. And so life becomes very simple, to be honest. It becomes more mechanical, really. It becomes, okay, now I understand how I have to respond to this. And also we can get used to waiting, get used to trusting that actually if this is right for us, we will have something to respond to. And it could be an advert. It doesn't have to be an actual full invitation. It just needs to be something that they respond to. And because they have a gut, so the generators have this life force energy that comes through their sacral center and it comes out as sounds. So it's a, aha, or uh-huh. that's what I was mentioning earlier with my, my son, I can listen to his sounds. Yeah. And that is very immediate. So it's the first thing you feel, your gut is always talking when you're a generator. And then a few seconds later, the head will come in with its so-called wisdom <laughs> and it will want to tell you what the world thinks you should do <laughs> or what you've been programmed yes what yeah. you've been conditioned yes exactly so for adults it's a lot of deconditioning mm-hmm. but the beauty of doing a reading for a child is they haven't yet been conditioned so if the parent can bring them up as per and show them teach them in a way that suits them and it's not of course you wouldn't want a parent to keep saying to a child well look your human design chart says this I mean you want to be disempowering in that way but when the mother understands how their child operates a it takes a lot of frustration out of the situation and it really helps them understand more because particularly if your child doesn't have that motor that life force energy you can look at them and think sometimes, oh, what's the matter with you? You're a bit lazy or what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you understand that it's not laziness and that perhaps there's parts of their chart that might make them want to withdraw more, when you understand all the nuances of them, and it's not about getting it all right. As a parent, we will all make mistakes as we bring up our children. We can only ever make the best choice that we can make in any given moment. So it's not about getting everything perfect, but it's the bigger things in life when it matters. When they come home from school and they're upset about something, that's when it's not about trying to make their whole world perfect. It's just about giving them that space when they come home for you to be able to help them to really work out what would be best for them at that moment and to help guide them with some wisdom of the world, to help them work through these areas that are perhaps being difficult for them, but with some knowledge of how that would best work for them. Yeah, it feels like it's a personalised guidebook to like the the parenting manual you wish you had for your child. Yeah. Like parenting books that you get are so generic. They're just not going to work for every single person. And so having that awareness can just shift and change so much. Like I'll give you an example. So when you told me that Casper's throat and brain, there's no link between the two of them. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. He just can't express how he's feeling or what he's thinking. No, he can express what he's feeling because he will, it'll come out as a feeling, but he can't express what's going on in his head. And the amount of times that that has helped me, because rather than getting frustrated with him, like, come on, just like, tell me what's going on. Yes. I'm able to go, oh, he just can't, like he can't. Yes. (laughs) Um, And he's never going to, it's not like he's going to grow out of it. No. And so therefore my expectation of him in that respect is lower. Yes. Yeah. And actually for for Casper, it's probably going to be better for him to talk about how he feels to express his feelings. They may, and again, he may not be able to articulate it that well, but his his feelings will be there because he has a defined solar plexus, so which is connected to his throat. So he's going to find it easier to talk about his feelings than he is his thoughts. Yeah, amazing. Let's go back a little bit again to yeah. what human design is. So what, what is it defined as? Okay, 
So really, you described it really well just then when you said it is like the manual. If when we were born, we were our parents were given a manual of who we are. And it's it's nothing about what's going to happen to you. It's nothing about fortune telling or anything like that. It is literally, right, Sarah is this sort of person and this is how she best operates. And that's really what it is. It's a manual of this. So what is human design? It's based on the time we were born, the place we were born and the date we were born. And so it's it's based upon astrology, but it's a synthesis. So it's not just astrology. It takes in astrology, the I Ching and the chakra system and really just our mechanics, our sort of DNA. So it's all based also on our energy system. So moving through, it's how our energy moves through our body, but it's kind of describing it in a detailed way. So when people first come across human design, it can look really complicated. You have this body chart, you've got all these different shapes and some are coloured in and some are open. You've got all these, these numbers and these channels. But really to break it down when you first come to it, the thing to really practice and to understand is A, your type. And human design puts you into one of four types, which is the generator, which is the largest portion, which is the 70%. They're the people that have the motor. Then 9% are manifestors, and we're both manifestors, but we are distinctly different manifestors. But manifestors are here literally to manifest. We're here to initiate. We are here to, to bring things into being. We're not necessarily here to do the work. We're here to actually initiate and to bring those ideas into the world and to be that kind of creative force. But we're also here to give the generator something to respond to. <laughs> give them the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll in, remind me of that in a second because I'll explain the history of how humanity has been because it is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. The next type, which is 20% of the population, are the projectors. And the projectors, as a broad sense, are not here really to do the work and they're not here to initiate. They're here as guides. So they are the wise people and we need them. And so, therefore, if we're not careful, they can have a tricky childhood. Because they have this this need to guide, but they need to be invited. So whereas manifestors are here to initiate and generators are here to respond, projectors are here to literally be invited to do things, which can be quite frustrating for them because they have this, this need, this want to actually guide people. So the best thing we can do for our projector children is ask them, What do you think if they've got a defined head? What do you feel about this if they've got a defined solar plexus? And your Josh is a projector with a defined head. So he will want to talk about what he thinks. He's here to bring those ideas into the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Already, like I can see the difference between the two. And interestingly, when we looked at Josh and Casper, they are actually opposites in almost every way. And when you... It's so grat it's so gratifying actually when you know that already. And then you're telling me from a kind of a a chart perspective, you know, yeah. your children are literally if you overlapped them, everything would be on. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Um or defined is the proper term. So yeah, it was so interesting that you could see that and tell me all about that when you know nothing about my kids. Yeah. And it, I think it gives some confidence to parents as well to think that when children behave very differently, you you can start to, well, have I done something wrong with one? Have I done something differently with one? Have I somehow, you know, <laughs> done something different with this one than this one? And and it isn't. Dave and I have that conversation regularly. <laughs> and actually, no, they are here to be different types of yeah. people. And the, and the great thing is, is that they may butt heads as, when they're young, but as they get older, particularly as they're being allowed to be who they are and honoured for who they are and not expected to be like each other, mm-hmm. that when they do define each other. So the other thing to understand with human design is we have these opening defined centres. And so basically the defined centres mean that we are generally consistent in that particular area. So if you have a defined head, you were pretty pretty consistent in in your thoughts and how you process your thoughts. And but if you're open in that area, you are open to all the ideas and things are just sort of flowing through the ether all the time. But when you're in the company of somebody with a defined head, you will tend to take on how they think about things. And so you may already notice this with Josh because you're I'll just double check, I think your head yeah, well, 
half of your head is open. So your ideas, <laughs> your ideas, you're taking in information is open and Josh is closed. So it could well be that when you're in Josh's company, some of his ideas seem great to you. But when you walk away afterwards and you get back into your own energy and therefore you become open again and you're not defined by him, you'll be like, hmm, well, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I may have just said unwittingly yes to something that I'm not sure about now. So the practice is, is that when you have, for you, the top of your head open, is that you just practice kind of being aware that when you're in other people's company, those wonderful thoughts that you have may not be yours. So you can just practice perhaps not jumping in. You might think it's the best idea in the world because actually when we are defined by somebody else, we also amplify it. So when somebody's really keen on something, you can become more keen than them. You can think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can unwittingly get involved in things and say yes to things that are perhaps not right to us. And then that's also what can make us feel a little bit flaky. My chart is full of that kind of thing. And I would walk away from people. I would have said yes to things. And I would walk away afterwards and I would think, oh, my goodness, what have I just got myself into? That's not right for me at all. And then I'd have the difficult situation of do I just go along with it? And actually, I shouldn't just go along with it. But in the past, I have. And it's not been good. Or I've had to say no. And then I felt like an idiot or felt a bit flaky that I haven't really understood myself. Yeah. Something this is coming to mind about what somebody suggested to me. I talked to somebody else about something. And from the get-go, my stomach was telling me no. But my head was going, but what if? What if this is like the key to something or the sp a springboard or whatever? And I went and talked to this person and I was like, mm, something wasn't feeling right. It got to the point I felt so sick. I was like, okay, I really need to start listening. Yeah. I got instinct. I feel like vomiting. Yes. And then I had to backtrack out of something that I just wasn't feeling it for me. And it was, it was a really good lesson. And I think if I'd actually been more consciously aware of the the ideas piece and that I can sometimes go along with things, but not I maybe I need more time to to check in with myself fully. Yes. Like, is this really what you want? Could you explore it with less commitment or whatever? And listening to my gut, like I had to feel viscerally ill. Yes. To to back myself out of that energy. Yeah. Well look at your chart, your inner authority is splenic. So that means that you have truth in the moment. So you can literally say to yourself, is this good for me? And you will get a yes or a no pretty quickly, a feeling. Okay. It won't tend to be a guttural sound, but it will be a knowing. Yeah. And it's quite quiet. It's it's kind of peaceful. It's just a knowing. And you can trust it. it and it won't keep nagging at you. It won't go, oh, Sarah, I said no yesterday. You're not meant to do this. But you can keep checking in. And that's probably what's happening is you're keeping checking in. Should I do this? Should I do this? And it's going, no, 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 no. And you're going, well, no, but my head is saying, yes, I ought to. And my conditioning of the world says this would be good for me. Yeah. And so I'm ignoring it. But now if you just keep practicing, letting, just just hear that small voice and, and just experiment with trusting it and see how it works. Mm -hmm. And then as you learn how well it works, the more you'll trust it and you'll build this relationship more with your with your instinct. Because being a manifester, you're here to initiate and you have the amazing ability to be splenic, which means you have truth in the now. So you can go, is this a great idea? Yes, do it. And that's why I've been astonished when I watch your, your business of how you've, you've taken an idea and you've just completely created this amazing, amazing whole system of things that's helping so many people. But it doesn't surprise me when I look at your chart. <laughs> mm. So we've got 9% manifestors, 70% generators, 20% projectors. And so projectors are here to guide and they're here to they're here to gain wisdom. So quite often their childhood is full of experimenting. They want to try stuff and, and if it, it doesn't work and things. The other thing to really remember or realize about projectors is they need to be recognized for who they are. So when you look at Josh's chart, mm -hmm. he is defined in the throat in the spleen and in his head. And so when he is recognized for his thoughts, Josh, what do you think about this? 
talk to me about how you feel about this. He's got defined, you're so good at talking about things. I love listening to you. He will love that. That will kind of really make him feel great. And he has an instinct, not as, oh no, he's, he's splenic as well. Same as you. Okay. His inner authority is splenic. So he, he will have that truth in the now as well. Yeah. So he will... Yeah, he's a, he'll be amazing. He's a he's a, a thinker and a talker. He's very deep, and he comes home from nursery, and he is so proud of himself if he gets to be the buddy or the special helper at school. Oh, and it's yes. because he listened well, or he was kind, and he wanted to hear it. He like, "Mommy, look, I got like." He wanted to see yes. how well he's done, and he will. He'll say, "Mommy, I've got a good idea. I've got a plan." Yes, my plan, and he hates not being heard. Yes. Maybe tell, tell talk to us about the the non what's it called? On the not self. Not self, yeah. Because yes. Josh, if you he'll go, Casper, 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 <laughs> Listen to me. Casper like does the big brother yes. ignoring to wind him up. But yeah. Josh needs to be heard. He needs to be listened and he needs you to like be like, Yes, Josh, tell me what you want me to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just turning four. Like it's incredible that the type really shows really early yes oh yes well because this is who we are yeah and of course the thing is he's being himself without the conditioning Mm. so the the very powerful thing for him to learn really for himself as a projector is to learn to wait now that's tough when you fall (laughs) and that is exactly how it works is they learn through this trial and error of when it works well for them and when it doesn't. So when so each of the types, if we're not operating as per our design, which let's face this, most of us probably are because we don't know what human design is, we will experience a particular theme of, of emotion. And for projectors, it's bitterness. And so if a projector isn't heard, they, they have this pressure to guide. And if they're not invited, if they're not asked what that opinion is or what that feeling is or however they are particularly set up to do their guidance, they will want to say it. So it will be that I need I need to say it, I need to say it. And if they're not heard, it can create this bitterness and they can go, bah, 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 bah. and it's this kind of like, bah, bah. and and especially as adults, you can notice that in some adults, this kind of like, and that's why really for all the types, Projectors are the type that it is so important for them to be brought up in that way of that understanding of them because they are traditionally or in time have been the most damaged type there is because they're here to guide and and if they're not heard and of course they generally haven't got the life force motor so they haven't they're not going to be really generally particularly loud insistent people Mm. yeah they can get very tired very worn out and they can literally get exhausted by the generators and so they will tend to retreat and they will become like well I'm not going to bother them because nobody listens to me I'm not important and they Mm. they hear this about themselves so adult projectors that haven't been brought up sort of in a way that suits them can be very withdrawn and kind of damaged and and really not have any self-belief at all because they haven't really understood who they are. And it can be very difficult for an adult projector that's been brought up not by their type to get past that. But however, I know and many adult projectors that are absolutely and utterly incredible. They've just been in lovely families. They've been given a voice and things like that. And okay, people haven't understood their actual design, but but it's all worked great. So it doesn't yeah. mean that it's a foregone conclusion. No, of course. But it's kind of if if you if you're in a family that doesn't listen, that never gives anyone a voice, that everyone ever talks everybody and nobody ever really listens to anybody, you can imagine that would be an environment that would be very difficult for a projector to be brought up in. So that's really what he needs. He just so what you can do to help him is when he does the Casper, 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 then in time you can say, look, just notice, Josh, that when when somebody asks you for advice, so when he's been given his buddy thing at school, mm-hmm. that's the perfect scenario for him. He's been invited to do that thing. And that's why he loves it, because it, it just fills his energy. Everything's buzzing in the right way at that time. But when he's trying to tell somebody something when they haven't asked him for it that's when it doesn't work yeah so he could always in time he can always say look if you want an answer you'll have to ask me (laughs) has to be kind of like I'm waiting for the invitation for a projector it can be frustrating and it can make them feel bitter about things but if you if he's given enough opportunities so he may come home from school and go 
I don't understand it because I wanted to say something. The teacher said I had to be quiet and that will be frustrating. But then at home you can say, okay, tell me what that thing was. You can allow him to express it there. And then you can also, well, do you remember what we talked about that actually wait for someone to ask you that just works well for you? You have amazing wisdom and you have amazing ideas, but not everyone's ready to hear it yet. And so you do have to wait for people to hear it. Otherwise, they, they won't understand it anyway. So good. Thank you. <laughs> a little bit of a free coaching there. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's, it's good examples, isn't it, of how yeah. this works. Yeah. yeah. And when people go after this and go and find out what their type is or their family yes. members types, they can then come back to how you've described these. And, yes. and apply it to them. Yes. Yeah. And to understand that. So as a general rule, your open centers will always be the centers where you you perhaps don't feel like you. You're not sure about yourself in. And also you can feel very inconsistent because what happens is when we're in the company of somebody else who has a defined center where we are open, we become defined while we're with them. And also we will also amplify them. So if we have, say, an open ego, which is like our willpower, we might feel very fluctuation in that because sometimes we think, oh, we've got loads of willpower and sometimes we've got none. And that can make us feel doubtful. But when we understand that, oh, actually, maybe my partner has got a defined ego. So that's why I feel more more willful when I'm around them. So you can, so it's a good thing. You can use it once you understand it. Yeah. You can use it to your advantage, but you can also learn to take the pressure off yourself to not, you could, can stop trying to be the things that the world says you ought to be and just start being you. And actually there's beauty in being inconsistent. In the open areas that we've got, there's magic there. That's where we gain our wisdom. Yeah. It's all in the areas that, isn't we're not defined in we have areas to experiment we we're allowed to be different when we have an open head we're open to lots of ideas and we can and that can be a great thing there is no good or bad in human design there is no good type to be we are all here part of that amazing kind of we're all that cog in the wheel of huge humanity yeah yeah Yeah. and I was yeah I I was listening to your podcast with the lady that did the emotion code and it was amazing and I loved what you said about how it just shows how we're all one and that's what I like about human design we're all here to inspire each other to be different things for each other to initiate things to generate things and and when we all learn that we just have to be us we're all connected and we're all here to actually help each other and to initiate things or to do things or to feel things And when we understand what our thing is, and then we start to practice, we can start to live as per our design. And it takes time. There's a lot of information in a chart. And that's why it's important to be guided by somebody, really. Otherwise, you can go off a little bit half-cocked. And I've heard some strange things out there. Oh, well, I'm a so-and-so. That means I must. And you're like, oh, no, not necessarily. (laughs) Uh, Tell us about the last type. Oh, so the last type, they're 1% of the population. They are called reflectors. And these are people who don't have any defined centers whatsoever. And they have no inner authority. So they can imagine being a reflector. You will never know who you are. Wow. Because you are always defined by other people. So if you have got, well, with any open center, to be honest, a top tip is if you feel like you've been in lots of people's company, no matter what type you are, the time to get back to you, to kind of come back to your default setting, is to get into your own your own space. So be in your own energetic field. So that means being at least like an arm's length or two arm's lengths away from other people, or two arm's lengths really, because we're all kind of, if anyone's feeling really confused, if they're extra tired, if whatever, if they're feeling things that, of course, if you have an open emotional center, quite often we'll be feeling other people's feelings. Just make an excuse and escape out. If you just go out for a walk, go into another room that's far enough away from other people, just give yourself 10 minutes or so until you feel the change. You feel the change in your energy as you come back to being you. And if you notice that you, if you've got an open emotional center, if your feelings start to feel different, if actually I was angry there, but I'm not now, okay, actually, so it was the other person feeling angry and not me. Mm. Um, which can give you some more understanding because then you can go back to that person and help them with their anger as much as you're going to feel it, but you can understand then that it's not yours. So a reflector has that with all of their centers all the time. Wow. 
say if you had a company and you knew all of your workers charts or say if you had a whole family and you had everybody's charts the person that's the reflector is the person that you can use as your barometer because they are literally telling you what the tribe's feeling is what's how is it going with a company like what's morale like how how we how are we doing you chat to the reflector and and you say, well, how's it going? How do you feel? What what are your ideas? And and they just spill these things out to you. And if you have no inner authority, really your design is to talk. You have to talk out your ideas and literally hear yourself. And it's through hearing yourself that you you come to a knowledge of what's right for you. So maybe talk therapy would be suitable for that. Yes, yes, to keep talking. But to also have a even just a friend, someone that you trust, someone that you can say, hey, look, this is me. There are times, can we just sit down for some time, like for 20 minutes? Can I just just bounce things off you? I don't necessarily want your opinion. Mm. And there are those people, aren't they? And, And if you are a natural fixer, which I am a little bit, and I actually literally have to say to some people, I'm not actually the person to bounce stuff off of. <laughs> it's innate need to fix you. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what to do. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not the same. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to work really hard at listening and not trying to give suggestions yes. all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a powerful thing for us to learn because there's a lot of beauty in that. But it's also to understand that that's okay. We're never going to make good talk therapists. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did do counselling training and it was the most frustrating thing I'd ever been through. <laughs> and I've got such an admiration for counsellors that can just sit there and just allow all this stuff to bounce off them. Hold the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, we, we do hold space with we people do, all the time. We do, in a different but, way. But we do it in a guided way. We're here for different things, and that's that's fine. Yeah. We do us. We just stay in our lane. We all just have to do us. We don't have to be everything. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be everything. I'm just thinking of the highly sensitive person. You talked mm-hmm. about the open centres. So with a highly sensitive person who's sensitive to noise, sensory input, etc., have quite a few open centers they they very much can be i do tend to find that a lot of people that are like that they quite often will be people that open sacral so they will often be the projectors reflectors manifestors because see people people with a defined sacral which are generators it's not that they won't ever feel tired they have this buzz all the time and, and and so they they rarely burn out, to be honest. But the highly sensitive people will get quite exhausted. I mean, it's not to say that you can't be a generator and be highly sensitive because you could be a generator with a lot of open centres. Mm-hmm. And if you have a lot of open centres, then you may just get exhausted by by the world, by the fact that you have this constant inconsistency. And so when you understand which areas you're open in, then you can start to learn that, oh, okay, so that's not me then. And this isn't me. And oh, I felt like this yesterday, but I was with this person. So that probably wasn't me. So the highly sensitive person, again, I would recommend that they get in their own space as often as they can mm. to reach, just to practice feeling, do they feel different in their own energy field? So then it's not about shying away from the world. It's just about noticing the difference when you're in someone's company and when you're not in someone's company. And so that for then, it really helps that whole feeling of someone will say like, oh, I feel like people are emotional vampires, like they're sucking energy from me. And so the power of this is, is when you do that, you can understand it. So you can then help it not to happen so much because you have this understanding. And just don't spend all day in a, in the company of somebody who you feel is drawing your energy. Just have breaks, just yeah. disappear. You're like you can choose who you spend your time with in terms of yeah. like friends and things, maybe not so much colleagues, but actually we're home a lot more now than we were before. So yes. People are in their own space more, yeah. which might be a good thing for certain people. Yeah, And equally, people like to be in the office to get energy from others. It's really interesting, actually, because my sister worked in an office and since the pandemic, she's been working from home and she's been allowed to carry on working from home. Now, she's a projector. She's absolutely over the moon because she feels like herself now. So they did a survey and some people want to go in the office because they want to be around people. And, and some people like her, she's like, oh, I'm so much more productive. I'm, I'm, I'm just because I can think like me. And she 
she now isn't exhausted because she was being exhausted by all the generators. Because the thing is, if you're not a generator, you will be defined by a generator when you're ever in their company. And remember, because we amplify so that therefore people like us manifestors and projectors and reflectors, we literally can become like super slaves. So you can have a room full of generators and one of us will be the one that's up longer than them. Oh, doing the do, doing yes. the work. And we'll be like, they'll be like, oh, I'm tired now. The generators go, no, I'm exhausted now. I need to go to bed. And then we'll go to bed and we'll still be up busying, exhausting ourselves. Yeah. And it's not right for us. Anyone with an open sacral needs to go to bed an hour before they're tired. And they need to go to bed and allow the day to disseminate around, away from them, allow the energy of the day to float away. And so then they get into a space that then around an hour later, they then can fall asleep and wake up feeling refreshed. Whereas generators, the opposite generators, it is a best going to bed when they're very tired and they wake up in the morning better for it. Um, yeah, I have that with Casper, like he needs to go to bed and he faffs about and he's trashing he makes all these movements in the bed and eventually when I'm like Casper like just stop it and roll over on your side face the wall whatever or he just suddenly decides to go he's just out like a light yeah and it's like those last few movements are him just like expressing that last getting rid of that last bit of energy exactly Sometimes he's like like literally lying there like this I'm like what are you yeah. doing it's literally got to burn that bit of energy off before he's, yeah, yeah, it's that, he's got that motor and they have that a continual buzz. And so, yeah, they sometimes do just, need to, yeah, sometimes they just need to like, just get that, that their system and then they can, it gets easier as they get older. He's young and he has all that energy going yeah. on. And so, yeah. Yeah. And we do now try, try to expend a lot before bed, like with them um, boxing and physical games yes. and stuff before bath time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, knowing that was like was really helpful. Not expecting mm-hmm. him to go to bed and have a a solo long relaxing bedtime. It's uh, yes. Boom, 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 boom. Crash. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and he will wake up in the morning better for it. Whereas yeah. Josh is like the opposite. He likes like a, a nice hour's story tape, a snuggle down yeah. to lay down and relax, but not be expected to go to sleep straight away is the thing for him. Yeah. 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 And yeah. um, you talked to me before about the emotion wave. Tell us about that because I found that fascinating. I've never heard of that. So this is in authority. So we talked about yours, which is splenic, which you have that that knowing in the now. Yeah. When you have an emotional inner authority, that is really where you have no truth in the now. You can't just know things. And, and this is really appertaining to anything that's very important. So obviously it's not everything. It's not like it was like a piece of cake or I don't know, I'll have to sleep on it. It's like, this is for the important things, the things that's going to matter, like going away on holiday and um, having a new job or or anything that, that may be tricky to get out of. So what the inner authority for emotional people means is that we have this up and down wave. And generally speaking, the morning we will be on the down part of our wave and mid through the afternoon we'll be on the up part of our wave. And so what we really wait for is we wait wait for both parts of this wave to say the same thing. So it's feeling. So if someone says, would you like to go on holiday next week? I've got free tickets. What do you fancy? Those of us that are emotional have to learn as hard as it is to say, that sounds amazing. Can I know you tomorrow? If they say, oh, no, no, I need to know now. We kind of have to say, well, actually, it's probably not right for me. We have to say no, because we haven't been given the time to have the up and down wave. And this is the time when our head would go, but that's a great opportunity. You should do it. But generally speaking, when we act from that place, it often doesn't work out well for us. So what we need to do is say, okay, that sounds amazing. Can I let you know? Hopefully they say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So what you do, you wake up in the morning and you might say, oh, that's, I'm really looking forward to this. It's great. So the, the down part of your wave has said yes. In the afternoon, the up part will generally still say yes, because the up part of the afternoon is generally more positive anyway. Yeah. And then you can bring the past up and go, that's brilliant. I'm so looking forward to it. That's great. I'm doing it. But if the down part, if the down part in the morning sort of goes, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay, I'll wait for the afternoon. The afternoon would generally say yes. If the afternoon says no, then it's a definite no. Yeah. But the afternoon might say yes, and then you have to wait another day. And if the next day it's still a no in the morning or I'm not sure, you can wait. And the more important the decision, the longer you wait. But in the end, if it's always a no and a yes, it has to be a no. 
And also us emotional people, we just have to become content, really, that we live on this emotional wave. And it can be over days and weeks. So we have the yes and no thing really over a nighttime. They always say sleep on it. They always say, don't they? I'm just going to sleep on it. So you sleep on it at least one night. The more important the decision, you sleep on it as long as it needs to for you to become sure about what your decision is. But we also have this emotional up and down wave just generally with our moods that we can feel. I know with myself that I have up weeks and down weeks. And when I have a week where I'm really up and I feel like I can literally conquer the world and everything's possible, I also have that awareness through experimenting with this all the years is that I remind myself sometimes is don't feel down on yourself next week if you don't feel like this. <laughs> and so the next week I will often have a lower energy and, and that isn't the time for me to perhaps work on my business or make kind of, I, I know it's more like an assimilation time. It's more a time when I will rest and consider things and, mm. and feel things to be more contemplative. But now I no longer beat myself up over the head that I, I don't feel brilliant at that point, that I, this is me. At that point, it's not about being inconsistent. We are consistently this. So that is what the emotional wave is. It is being consistently on an emotional wave. And when people understand that about themselves, sometimes it's such a relief. Yeah. Because they're like, wow, yes. You can feel like two different people. Yeah, yeah. Like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. I resonate a little bit with that, even though it's not my type or, or strategy or whatever. But sometimes when I need to create a tapping video... If I'm not in the right mood, I can't create that tapping video because yeah. I don't want my mood at that moment to be basically the energy that emanates from that video. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for you, there'll be all other different parts in your chart that are, is creating that. And, and the spleen is a very creative center. And so therefore you have that awareness from your spleen of what is the right time to be creative. When is the right time to do that? And that is wisdom. That's a huge wisdom that you've now gained that this isn't the right time for me right now. My, yeah, I need to wait or I yes. need to rest yeah. and get my mood back on track or my energy back on track before I can give again. Yeah, and I've also found that with working with clients one-to-one that it drains me a little bit. I put loads of protection in place. Over time, like I just feel like, oh, I need a break. I need like a four weeks off of clients to yeah. replenish and then I can go again. Yeah. And then maybe because you're open, you've got an open emotional center, even though mainly when you're face to face with clients, when they're actually in the same room as you, that will probably be more tiring for you than when you're working on Zoom for them. Because mm-hmm. on Zoom, it's great because we have that emotional distance. We're not in each other's actual energy. Yeah. So even though we still tune in, we're not necessarily defined. And so it could be that if you're sat in the company of a generator with a defined emotional center, you are feeling their feelings, which is obviously very good to to know what that feeling is and you get that information, but also you could be defined by their energy. And so you're, yeah. I've noticed as well, even on Zoom, I'm yawning when they release. Yes. working when they release. So I am actually... Even on Zoom, I am very connected with the person. Yeah, the intuition and the connection that we have, because of course, remember the way energy works is that it's not just about being in someone's energy field, yeah. about we, we get defined. Yeah, we get defined by people when we're actually in their energy field. But of course, we have all, there's all kinds of energy fields in the world. And, and ultimately, as humanity, we're all in one energy field. And so we can connect through that. And so particularly when we've got practiced at that, we are very good at connecting and you have this intuition as well. And so we definitely can connect to people, but we can connect in a way, a different thing to being defined by them. So you're using your intuition and you're tuning in and you're using, you're using your energy in a different way, but you're connecting in really on that kind of larger field um, in a specific way. Energy is just absolutely amazingly incredible isn't it and, and I love that they're learning more and more about it all the time about how this works oh I know it's so uh, fascinating so we've we've talked about like you learning all this 18 years ago and then you haven't practiced it in you know you haven't really done huge amounts of readings in in the gap I suppose in between and now you're back doing readings again and it's a new world isn't it it's yeah the awareness of human design has ramped up the awareness of energetics and holistic therapies and 
it really is a, a new world. How have you noticed the shift there? It's just really interesting. 18 years ago, no one had heard of it. And say so I did lots of training and then I kind of lived by my design. And then I, I didn't exactly put it to one side. I just gently rumbled on with it myself. Whenever I spoke to people about it in between times, their face would light up and it'd be like, oh, how, that's interesting. But there was also something in me that was kind of saying, no, this isn't the time for me. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, it's been in the last five years that I started my tapping business to really help people figure out who they are, to allow themselves to be themselves in their business. And and over that time, this has been nagging at me, the human design. So I've, I picked it back up. And, and the amazing thing is, is that it seems to have just really integrated into me in that time. Because I've gone back through all of my trainings and everything, and I now understand it at a level that I didn't do before. And I think with all the, in the meantime, same as you, I've trained in EFT and I've practiced a lot more Reiki and I've become a meditation teacher. So I have all these other things. And and the same as human design being a synergy, I find the human design is literally a synergy at all in with everything else that I do. And it feels like it's just become a part and interestingly, when I look at my profile, and it only actually occurred to me the other day that the reason why I think I've come back to it to teach other people is that my profile is basically split into three. And so the six line profile of people is that they have their lifespan split into three. The first third is generally about experimenting and can be pretty difficult at times, but you're experimenting and learning things, sort of button heads and figuring out how it all works. The middle third, which is sort of 30 to 50, you become almost a little bit aloof. They call it going up on the roof and you are an observer at that point. And you just watch what the world's doing. You notice how other people do things. And I think that's why I, I felt like I was holding myself back from moving forward with things. But I think actually I was just really honoring my own process without even realizing because I didn't feel equipped. I kept thinking, no, this thing's missing yet. And so I just was observing how everyone else was doing things. And then at around the age 50 is when we come down off of the roof, those of us with the sixth line. And basically my profile is that of the role model. <laughs> and so it's been a great revelation to me to know that actually what I'm here to do in the in the last third of my life is to not force anything on anyone. I'm just here. They call it like the wise woman on the hill, that just through your reputation, people will come and ask you things and you help them that way. And I don't actually need to go out there in the world and push everything. It's just like things will just flower. So my strategy is I just connect to love and I flow with how I feel. And I'm just literally, so by me doing these things by being my design it's like role model and then I can help people now with their lives because that's now who I am I wasn't it before it's amazing it is amazing and helping moms and parents understand their family and their family dynamics Mm. will help people grow up in their design without that conditioning and and it's it's one of those generational breakthroughs that you pass on I mean, that's really the desire of the guy that designed this was really that if we as adults could learn our design and understand ourselves, it makes us easier going people in the world because we're healing, basically, as we realize what we're not and who we are, we gain confidence and we heal. And then as we understand our design, we're then equipped to then bring our children up as per their design without expecting them to be manifestors and that was the bit I was going to describe earlier actually was so the last few thousand years the energy the main energy on the planet has been manifestors it's been about making the thing happen do it and the manifestors have generally been the bosses the the leaders of industry the kind of those people and sadly really the generators have kind of been like the servants and the slaves And of course, the projectors have probably been completely ignored because nobody wants to hear from anybody that either isn't the boss. And so about 200 years ago, apparently this change happened, this energetic change happened on the planet, thank goodness. Mm. And everything has changed now and it's filtering down. And in my lifetime, I can see how the change has been happening. That actually the manifestors, we're not the predominant energy on the planet anymore. We still have an important role. But actually, we're not here to 
boss people about. We're here for the, the generators to respond to with their own will. We're not here to enslave them. We're here to actually give them things to respond to, to help them. And we can initiate the things that they can then take on and do or not do as, as they would like to. And the projectors are here to guide us in this. The projectors role is very much about understanding the manifester and the projector. And so actually the predominant energy on the, on the earth now is a projector. They are the ones that are the most powerful. And not power in that you do this and you do that. They're guides. They're here. They are here to They're tell people. Coaches what... and the teachers yes. and the healers. And yeah. Absolutely. Because they are Amazing. the ones. And of course, it's, it works for them because they're going to be asked. They're going to be invited. <laughs> and they're needed, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not having to go out there in the world and go, oh, guess what? You've got to do this. It's like, no, people are going to say, oh, hey, I recognize you as really understanding this. Can you tell me? Can you help me? And so now if you look at the difference, even when I was a child, the idea of having counselling or therapy, that was like shameful. How there must be something wrong with you if you're going to have that. And now at a point where I don't think we're fully there yet by any means, but it's much more, it's it's much more valuable. People are really understanding, people that have had therapy or counselling or any type of help value it now and they see like when we've tapped with somebody when they've had a reading when they've done these things that really help them they're empowered and they now see it as a positive part and I hopefully in the next over the next couple of generations it's just going to become really normal for us to be confident and comfortable with the fact that we don't know everything and that it's okay to be guided help yeah in other ways yeah that's I love it so talking of providing help how can people work with you? What are you kind of offering at the moment? So I offer human design readings. A human design reading is really where I, I like to work with people on Zoom. So I will show them their chart and we will talk through it. It's generally about between an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, and where I will talk them through it and, and make it very applicable to them, answer their questions, make it kind of quite real life. And so for mums to understand what their type is, is really, is really valuable. But because it is also valuable for children, I do do a, a package. So we always start with a mum. Like if you ever have any kind of work done with anyone, even with tapping, don't we? People say, oh, I'd like you to tap with my child. We always start with a mum. Yeah. And my son who's ADHD, I had an amazing psychiatrist for him. We were so lucky, but he works on me. He just said, oh, I'm not going to sit here and dive into the head of a six-year-old. I'm going to work on you. And so it's all about equipping the the parents to help the child. So I do offer a package, reduced price package for the two. So what we do is we do the mum first, and then we can discuss in the reading when they feel it's right for them. Maybe it might be a month later that we will then do a session on the child and then we can work on it that way and so how to find that is it's kayashley.com no hyphens forward slash being human awesome i will put that in the show notes and just to say too that i just got my sister a package for her and her daughter who's my godchild, and she's the same as josh in terms of type because i got to listen to what you'd sent to her the information is just I just think is golden because you really do position it in a way of of supporting the child from whatever age. Like my godchild is seven months old and I could already see some of the things you were mentioning in there. But you are really also giving guidance on how to support her in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. And so, yeah, I just think that's something people can come back to over and over and over. Because I yeah. think you do need to listen to this a few times Oh, definitely. I, yeah, it, it doesn't go in straight away, does it? Because it's a really different way of understanding yourself. Yeah. And that's why it's it's so great that it's recorded because there's so much information. And and again, it's about receiving information when it's right for us. Yeah. And how many times do we hear someone say to us, "We I think, well, we've heard that 10 times. Then one day the light bulb goes on and it means something to you. So, yeah. And I think also if you can say for the first 10 years, bring the child up and then when it gets to teenagehood or older, you can always have another reading to people. The child themselves might be interested. Yeah. But yeah, to just just to have those those tidbits can be absolutely life changing, even just to know 
how they go to bed, how they sleep, how they're going to respond to you, yeah. and the sorts of things they need. It, actually, it's quite, in some ways, in those respects, once you have your reading, it's actually very simple. Yeah. You know, those basic things are quite simple and those are the bits that keep coming back rather than feel like you have to understand every single little bit. It's like a journey. It kind of will will unfold. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Kate. I actually, like, I can't believe we've talked this long and I could have talked to you for another two hours. <laughs> I hope everybody is still with us after listening to all of this and hope you find it as fascinating as I do. And yeah, if anyone is interested in human design, I will put it all in the show notes and people can find you there. Thank you so much, Kay. That was oh, you're awesome. very welcome. It's been really joyful. We have been talking for ages. I, I could talk for a week, to be honest. <laughs> and me too. I'm also a talker. So yeah, I was really like writing myself in sometimes. But yeah, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please like, subscribe, and maybe leave a review too. I work with women all over the world, helping them to leave the trauma of the past behind, let go of limiting beliefs, step into their power and create the futures that they desire. To find out more about me, visit my website, tappingformums.com. You can work with me one-to-one. You could join my Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community, or you can tap along with me for free on YouTube. Just search Tapping for Mums. Hope to see you next time and have a wonderful day.